Welcome to episode 298 of the Overlook Hour. I'm your host, Clark Little. Along with me, as always, is the man sitting across the table from me. He is wearing a long sleeve shirt. It is displaying a several of the logos. We've got a we've got a chainsaw, and apparently it's from the film Pieces. And he's a real piece of shit. <laughs> That's the intro? Russell Fisher. You're gone for a fucking month, and you come back and describe my shirt poorly? <laughs> also joining us in Atlanta, Georgia, wearing a short sleeve <laughs> t-shirt that is white. I do not see a logo. Do you have a logo on that shirt, Randall? No, this is a plain white t-shirt, but it does have a couple of like coffee stains or something on it. Oh, like your favorite band. It's Randy Michaelstadt in the plain white tees. Hey there, Delilah. Boy, I'm rusty. That's the one. (laughs) Also joining us, doing whatever she does, but she does it well. It's Oksana Valerian of Osachi. (laughs) Minus the times I got fired from this show. Everyone gets fired. Yeah. So <laughs> we then, keep it interesting. Rehired. <laughs> Firing truly is one of my favorite things. I got to fire. You're going to go into that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that. So what the hell? What, what is this? You were energetic all day. You've been pleasant to be around. I'm very happy you're home. Thank you so much. And then you came in here. You're wearing a headband. I'm bringing it back. And, but yet you came in and got on mic and went, Whoa. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the energy. No, energy's good. Okay, you're drinking a blue Gatorade. Blue Gatorade is the only Gatorade that's worth drinking. I agree. I bought Except some red Powerade this weekend. <laughs> you know that I've got acid reflux, I think. <laughs> so what's up? Does my gurgling pick up on Mike? I think that one did. Yes. Randy, did I didn't hear, hear it. it. See? No. You oh. two need to be more cool. You know, I step one, wear bandanas like me, you subordinates. I forgot about that. Yeah. The bandana boys should have been reunited today. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't bring me one. You brought me one last. I've got 12, 13. You know, it's funny. Um, Later on, uh, we're having a guest fly out. And this week is the first time I've ever heard a little bit of acid reflex come out of him. You can hear it. I'm not acid sure. Acid reflux. Reflux. Acid reflex. It's oh. not a fucking elbow. <laughs> anyway, you know, also, um, while Clark was gone, we had, we had a few uh, guest hosts in here. I just want to thank them all for coming out. We had Terrell Trotty first, Nick Nordlinger second, and Charlie Dickey third. Y'all did excellent. Thank you for hanging out with me. And um, briefly, I just want to address that when Charlie was on, Oksana and him were both terrified when our guest um, mentioned Charlie and Clark by name. Clark listened to that and said, I, I should have explained why that happened, because it would have helped brought it, bring attention to it, as everybody forgot it happened, although I think many of you listening right now are still horrified at it. Um, yeah, basically, I just, I cheated. I edited. I found, I stumbled upon a clip where I actually think David Lynch was uh, eulogizing an actor from Twin Peaks who, uh, last name was Clark and played a character named Charlie. And I went, what? That was weird. And yeah. I just pulled it and I put it in there. 
And oh my God, I'll tell you, I know you, none of you can be in the room when we're recording unless we ever do like a live thing, but oh, that energy was palpable. They both, uh, Charlie got wide-eyed, Oksana stopped breathing, and I couldn't have been smiling bigger. It was, dude, it's so and you good. didn't say anything. And then, so here was my reaction. I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> I know he did something. Yeah. And then you didn't address it, and then I forgot it happened. I know, I get it. Until we talked about it on the phone later. Well, see, the show's falling apart without you. Well, I think we did over 12 hours of content. <laughs> In three I episodes. I know. It was like which eight. Is, which, is, which is why... Now, again, I appreciate your feedback. And, you know, when I ask you certain questions, like, yeah, I know you're going to give me an honest answer. Um, and you gave me an honest answer today on a question that I had for you about uh, concerning our interview that we had today, which will uh, go up on Thursday. Great interview, by the way. And we'll talk about that at the end of the episode. Um, and I asked you, and your answer to my question was, it was fine, but it was a little long. And, and I was like, well, you would know. <laughs> because, my God, two three-hour interviews, yeah. Terrell's was nice and tight. Mm-hmm. Which well, is the first time that's ever been said about Terrell. <laughs> it's actually in his profile in many of the uh, dating apps he's on. But he came in and he really, he knew that he had to shoot, um, you know, send some shots your way because of all the feedback from last time he was on. But he also knew that he didn't want to do too much and he wanted to stay true to the format. Well, and no, he can give, uh, when I, when I take shots, I take shots with him right yeah, in yeah. the room. Yeah. So he can do the same. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Terrell did a great job and Terrell did, um, Terrell finally brought up um, what I should have when it happened because it was very clear to me when I was talking about the movie Leatherface oh, that yeah. you had not seen Leatherface. And I just was like, I kind of just want to keep things moving. I think we're talking about yeah. two different movies because yeah. I know this didn't show theatrically. So I'm glad he brought it up because it that talk about a weird thing that happened and then yeah. we kind of moved on because after it made sense to me. Yeah. yeah. But we, we cleared that up. Yeah. Um, a little bit too much drag queen talk. Now here, let me put uh, that. That was his influence right there. That's fine. Um, here's the thing. Who who did the best? Who'd you like the most? Let's get this real drama going. No, everyone brought what? Oh they come on! It's this ain't a pageant. No, no. Let me explain something to you. I'm the best. <laughs> okay. So you know they filled in. <laughs> I was you know going all over the place. I wasn't here for three weeks, so we just thought it would be better to fill in. You know, and that's what happened. These were substitute teachers. Do you understand? <laughs> these, I, I do. It's very different. These are the replacements. The starter is back in the starting position where he belongs. Okay. I'm back at pole position. P1, baby. They're back doing practice runs. Mm -hmm. Daddy's in the driver's seat again <laughs> where he belongs. And it's nice to have you back. Thank you so much. It was a little weird having conversations with somebody paying attention to what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't know how to play that. That's fair. Yeah. And I mean, that's why the Nick episode spun out of control. Yeah. That dude, oh man, we share a brain. It's ADD riddled and we just want to keep going. Yeah. I don't know. It was a lot of fun. I'm very happy you're back. And it was good to see not all at the same time, but all three of the uh, guest hosts were at the party last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Charlie, uh, Randy, you would have been so proud of Charlie. Charlie executed, I mean, the Irish goodbye he delivered <laughs> was yeah. just My man. a work of art because it, it's like 
it was an hour before I realized, hey, where's Charlie? <laughs> <laughs> That's because the best. Just, That's what's up. Well, Charlie does the thing where he'll he'll show up to a party way early, and it's fine, and we're just hanging out, and then when people start to come, Charlie's got to go feed his cat. Yeah, you're looking for him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it did ruin the photo that the other two guest hosts wanted of all of them together, but... Well, you're a Photoshop master. I, I don't think I didn't... <laughs> Get in there. Yeah, I know. You're also a, a David Lynch deepfake master. Wait, what? You're also a David Lynch deepfake master, apparently. Okay. You know, don't, don't reveal that. Nobody needs to know the wizard behind that curtain. And, um, again, I, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you're back. And you did listen to every episode in I entirety. I did. Except for, uh, the 19th time we had JTT on. Oh, dude. And, uh, Jorge Torres Torres, man. I love the dude. <laughs> uh, we actually hung out with them, um, the day after we recorded or that episode went up at another hole in the head. And I'll tell you. He is Randy if Randy was cool. Hell yeah. And talented. I wish I was cool. And good looking. I wish all those things for myself. <laughs> you are all those things, you idiot. You just hide. The thing about Jorge is he's figured out how to how to use his presence to make like great documentary. And that dude's so fucking chill. He'll he'll be back out here and yeah, well, we're going to show more of his work, I'm sure. Oksana, can I ask you a, a personal question? No, don't. I know where it's going. I'll turn her mic off. Has he ever talked about another person the way he talks about JTT? Yeah, I, I, here, I'll answer for you. Yeah, there was a, a director pair, and we got him on the show, and I was very excited about <laughs> Not it. <true. laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Not true. Not true. You talk, no, no, no. I think probably Jason, but. No, I'm talking about male and female. Yeah, there are two of them. You made a comment about them sleeping in a bunk bed together, and that romance ended. If we would have done it on camera, it would have worked, and I stand by that joke, and I got them to laugh by the end of the episode, so did win, you win Yes, well, I how did. How did you make them laugh? I was talking about, um, I said something about, uh, you said something like, <laughs> you said something like, you can't see no it, and I was like, no, dude, I'm, I'm super, I'm nearsighted, and then he, he, he died out laughing. Okay, and then we ended the, the episode. I don't remember the context, yeah. but let the record show. I rounded the bases. Yeah, oh yeah. Because it was a home run. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no. Russell, it's very clear. You were in love. Also, you were in lust with JTT. Okay, well, he's a, a brilliant director. That's fine. Look, we all have man crushes. And in his, in his synopsis, he used... My description of empathy horror as an official part of it. So, hey, man, flattery will get you everywhere here. Yeah, and it, it'll get blood going in your penis. So, <laughs> you you've got you got Torres Torres. I've got mine. Who do you think mine is? Um. Ooh, I don't know. I think it'd be creepy because it'd probably be a girl. Are you like? Is it like Penny Lane? No, no, no. I'll st- I'll sp- I'll play your game. I'll I'll go man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, man's not as creepy. I'm not trying to be creepy. I know. That's what makes it creepy. Oh <laughs> Randy wrote a book on this. He gets it. Okay, fine. Randy, do you have a guess for him? I can't. I don't have a guess now. Wait, no. Dean Aliato. There it is. Yep. I remember because non-ironically on camera, you're like, that's a handsome man. It's a handsome man. <laughs> it's a handsome man. I just had to actually think about it and I got it. Anyway, 
the guest hosts are gone. I did receive a lot of messages that went along the lines of, hey, these guys are really working out good. Um, but I can't wait for Clark to come back and tear them down. So, again, these are substitute teachers. I get it. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here. Yeah. They're here. Mm-hmm. For our audio listeners, I'm at the top. Mm-hmm. And they're at the bottom building the foundation to keep me at the top. There you go. Okay. So why I, I need them to support me up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, everyone is, you know, they all brought their own special skills and I appreciate that from, for, I appreciate them for their time. Okay. <laughs> they were very supportive to each other. I don't sure. know about you though. And that's cute. Yeah. It was very cute. And now they're dead to me. <laughs> <laughs> they served their purpose. And now I crumble and throw them away. Well, you were gone for a month. Do you have any cool stories or do you hook up with any strange uh I had I had several weird Uber interactions. Oh <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking one happened immediately as soon as I get into the Uber. I get into the Uber and it's this black guy from originally from Boston. Now I know he's from Boston because <laughs> He has on a Boston Celtics basketball jersey. Mm-hmm. He has on a New England Patriots oh, hat. No. <laughs> and he has he, he has another New England Patriots hat on the dashboard of his car. And he's talking about, you know, Massachusetts and everything. Yeah. So I put two and two together. Um as soon as I mean, we're not even out of the parking lot. The only I I haven't said a word to this guy. And he and he goes. Hey, Clark, Clark, what's going on there, man? I, again, I haven't said a <laughs> word to this guy. And he's like, Clark, what the fuck is that? I'm like, first of all, I, I was back. I was like, what's happening? I was like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, look at that big old thick girl, that yum yum. With that, <laughs> with that, with that old crusty white guy. He's, oh, like, he's like, what's this princess doing with this crusty old white guy? And then he sees two other black guys uh, coming like near our car. And he's like, Hey brother. Hey brother. Come here. What's going on with that crusty old white guy with that bucket of yum yum. He said bucket of yum yum <laughs> referencing a woman. <laughs> and they're like, I don't know, man. And I was like, Oh boy, I've got 30 more minutes in the car with this guy. Then we get on the freeway. All the windows are down and it, and we, uh, we're going 70 miles an hour. Uh-huh. All the windows are down and he is just talking nonstop. And I can barely hear him. <laughs> and of course he goes into politics. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, God. And then he's like, hey, man, the GPS is uh, this way. I know the best way to get to the airport. Oh. And of course it takes longer. <laughs> we go downtown. There's no reason to go downtown. He's probably picking up a bucket of yum yum. At the end of the, the ride, though, uh, he's a nice guy. You should have recorded him. I, I, I really did. We like, should call him honestly, in. Honestly, the, the, because of the wind. It was bad, but then he was like, "I was like, get me, can you put the windows up, please?" Because I I know from driving with you, you're an air conditioning, not a windows down guy. Well, especially not on the interstate, not all four windows I when know, I'm that... in the back seat and you're in the front seat. Well, I'm guessing he didn't have long hair because no. I like to have the windows down too, but my hair will go out the window, and I just. It's, it looks fucking stupid. Yeah. I can't do it. Then you open the door and it shuts on the hair and then I get scalped trying to walk. Oh, Real. That's happened multiple times. Randy, have you ever had long hair? Um, no, maybe a little bit longer than this, but not like long, long. How do you think shoulder length hair Randy would look? 
Oh, terrible. I don't know. I don't know. I you know we, we get like some Mick Garris vibes. Oh, I do think Randy's maybe. hair would look like that, just straight. Like, I, I like, go like, like one of those, like an Afghan hound. <laughs> I like grow it out and start uh, pumping iron and look like uh, old school Henry Rollins. All right. Henry, old school Henry Rollins had long hair? Yeah, long hair for a little bit, yeah. You know how I don't know? Because <laughs> you Rollins don't give a shit about Henry sucks. Rollins. Yeah. <laughs> Hate Henry Rollins. That's it. You just had an Uber story. I'm dying. I haven't seen you in forever. I, get, I told you today I didn't want to do like a three week wrap up. I, yeah, but come on, man. We missed you. The audience missed you. I mean, if I think of something important, I'll tell you. But right now, you know, nothing. I, I, I went home. That was fine. And now I'm here. All right. All right. You want to just start the show then? Yeah. You bring in your guy. Yeah, he'll come in uh, again. Now, by the pay- way, he's got to figure. I, I'm I'm not paying his airline tickets anymore. So okay. You got to figure something else out. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Listen to his belly. I'll put a mic under the table and try and capture it, but he's been gurgling all day. And I don't know if Randy's going to be able to hear it, but it's really subtle, but it's there. Okay. All right, let's bring him in. Good morning. It's December 12, 2021, and it's a Sunday. Today. Day two of the weekend projects, and I hope you all are having a great time riding the fun work train. I finished my calendar, but not my card. I'll try to get that finished today. Everyone. Okay. Have a great day. All right. Okay, David. There was a copious amount of gurgling. Did you hear that? Yeah. Dude, it's all day he's been like that. Yeah. Randy, could you hear that? I could hear a little bit. Yeah, it was subtle, but I could hear it. Okay. It was there. Yeah. Also, what the hell is he talking about? I have no idea. Card? I I finished the calendar, but not the card. His vaccine card? Dude, is he forging vaccine (laughs) cards? (laughs) Holy shit. I thought he was talking about an advent calendar. Me too. Oh, I almost watched a horror movie about an evil advent calendar. Oh, it's called Advent Calendar, I think. Did y'all watch it? On Shudder? No, but everybody else has. Really? I thought about watching it, but I didn't. I think, you know, maybe we should pay attention to what people are watching so we could, like, cover it and... I think people call it like having, you know, their audience's pulse. Or, uh, that just wouldn't be us, though. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't care. <laughs> We're out of touch. All right. Uh, I think you got a little little section. You little ready? Segment. There we go. I, actually, did you have a favorite for the segment coming up? They all did their own take on uh, the God-given talent you were born with. Yeah, they were but, terrible. Okay. All right. Well, here we go. That's how you do it, bitch. I know. Dude, Terrell was terrified to try and attempt that. He just, I don't want to do that. I don't don't know how to do that. Just make it your own, baby. I know. It's fine. The the day has passed anyway. All right. So, uh, found footage adventurer Thomas Burke uh, writes in. Now, Randy, before you go, he mentions you in the beginning of this. Uh, (laughs) Thomas starts, another screen life coming this week. Pause. Allow a brief moment for Randy to slip away for his run-of-the-mill potty break. Pause. Clark gets it. Yep, Clark definitely does. Optional. Place whoopee cushion firmly onto his seat. Scene. 
I, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, in, in 1999, two friends use a webcam for the first time and stumble across a mysterious browser game that may be haunted. This is the synopsis for Deadware, a newly released screen life horror film directed by Isaac Rodriguez, who also made these found footage films, Last Radio Call, Unknown Visitor, The Cop Cam, and more. Believe me, this is less. This is a less so plug for a friend of mine that I admire, and more so me trying to express how awesome I think this movie is. It's funny that last week you mentioned Tangled Web, giving you similar vibes to the Collingwood story, and I believe Deadware has the same aesthetic. Last week, y'all highlighted uh, jump scares, which I think is the most uh, most horror fans can appreciate, and this movie certainly caught me off guard a couple of times with some. Deadware feels quite nostalgic to me. Because one of my films uh, growing up was an early 2000s flick called Stay Alive, which also encompasses a cursed and or haunted video game. So if you enjoy screen life horror with a 90s vibe, definitely check out Deadware. It's available to rent on Amazon Prime. All the best. Thomas Burke, PhD, fingers crossed. Um, you know, I, uh, so Isaiah Rodriguez, the director of this film, I we had to talk about it because it off the original unnamed footage festival we showed his short film Cop Cam and I didn't realize that this fool is just killing it. He's a pretty prolific uh found footage filmmaker and he's worked I should have had that ready. But he's worked on Hold on, my thing's loading. He's got 24 director credits under his name, and I haven't checked them all, Ooh, but I'm, Jack pre- Bauer. I'm pretty sure they're all in-world camera. And uh, one of the films that uh, Thomas mentioned, uh, Last Radio Call, I don't believe that's available yet, but Unknown Visitor was on Amazon Prime last time. We ch- I think we watched it there, right? Yes. And Unknown Visitor Q? Unknown Visitor Q. <laughs> Unknown Visitor is a found footage film that's completely uh, constructed of just doorbell cameras. It's actually just one doorbell camera. The smart doorbell. And it goes uh, paranormal. It's, I don't think it's a perfect film, but dude, it's incredibly interesting. And dude, I, uh, I think it's going to be a, a dude to watch. So if you're a found footage horror fan, definitely keep an eye open for him. And Deadware, the movie that Thomas sent me this week, is uh, I'm just going to say I think it's incredible. I am a huge fan of Screen Life. And again, screen life is uh, kind of like unfriended where the, everything we're seeing as an audience is uh, somebody's monitor. And the thing I like about screen life is, uh, I mean, as time goes on, people are more and more connected with their computers. And I think there's a lot of subtle language. You can do a lot with storytelling without actually just coming out and saying something. So exposition could be going to Wikipedia or, you know, looking at IMDb and even exposition could be what you delete if it's in a conversation. Now, the interesting thing about Deadware is it's supposed to take place in 1999. And, you know, when you do that, the audience is going to have their eye out for anything that doesn't fit. And I'll tell you, there's a cell phone involved. It looks like a Nokia brick. There's a video medium that isn't Skype. It's actually something I never heard of, and uh, we were here with Madeline, um, one of the other programmers for uh, the Unnamed Footage Fest, and she looked it up and found out it's called Microsoft Net Meeting Online. I guess it, it went out of business or became defunct at some point, 
But those little details are what we love. And, you know, Unfriended, they didn't make up any websites. They used like Google and and iTunes and everything just felt very authentic. Now I say that because in here we've got a search engine that's called Search Pile. And it's clearly a made up search engine. But the name is funny and it doesn't feel like it's really hiding this fact. Yeah. So it's easy to just move move with it. It works. Um, there's another thing that I've been thinking about, and it's the whole conversation about an alternate reality game and ARGs in general. Now, the thing are the thing with ARGs is that they're very personal. Like you go into a subreddit for ARGs, and you know you go to a website and you deal with them and they involve maybe decoding audio or going to several different websites or even jumping onto the dark web. The thing is narratively, it's hard to encapsulate all that for a film, which would be super interesting. And I think Deadware they did it. Uh, The story is about two people who meet up online and uh, they get pulled into a game and it's them playing the game. And the game kind of involves, um, I mean, it is a simple browser game, but it it clearly opens up to more. And the aesthetic, the acting, the format, dude, I I just fucking really like this movie. Um, If you are a horror game fan, you'll know that a lot of them play with like found footage, mixed media vibes. This game features... um, it's a point and click, but every now and then you have to, you know, you open something and it will play a real video. That footage is found footage and it is, the aesthetic is beautiful. It's perfect. I, um, I have really nothing. Okay. No, I do. I have one cool, uh, one complaint and this is going to be splitting hairs in a way that I don't think people are used to, but we're watching two people having a, over a screen share. And the only thing that doesn't feel completely real is the fucking cursor. I've, I've been, I've played games. I've watched Mm. people live stream and the way that people use a mouse is kind of like, there's a, there's a fucking manic energy there and people are always kind of moving. We can't sit still. We all have ADD. And this mouse in the movie is so meticulous. It doesn't make any movement that's wasted. It kind of, slowly goes to one point and is perfect there's always like a click corresponded with it where if you've ever played a browser game or even like sega cd like willie beamish is one of my favorite that i love to bring up what you do is you just click all over the fucking place you're trying to interact with anything and there's a moment in this movie where they don't know exactly what to do and there's a bookshelf and he's like well maybe maybe we got to click on a book he tries three books very slowly and then it's like, no, that didn't work. And I'm like, hell no. If you were, if this were a real game, you'd just be clicking fucking everywhere. And uh, again, that's my only complaint. Uh, the story was engrossing. And Thomas, I got to give you a shout out, man. Um, I mean, we fucking, we run a found footage fest and you know, I really pride myself on trying to think about these films through and, you know, keeping my narrative and approach and how the story's different given the subject. And, and somehow we, we slept on fucking Isaac, man. Uh, he, he's one to watch and uh, I won't make that mistake again with him. Um, this film right now is actually available too. So if you jump on Amazon prime, you can rent it for two ninety nine. But I recommend you just buy it for nine ninety nine. Help this dude out. He's making good film, and uh, 
I highly recommend this. Uh, did you guys have anything you wanted to add? I know we all watched it together. Um, it had one of the uh, most interesting uses of a Ouija board that no, like everyone's seen it a million times, but Madeline even said it might be her favorite of the year. Yeah. It, um, it's very self-aware too, cause it's digital and they even have a conversation about like, Hey, these are zeros and ones. How could this have any connectivity to the spiritual world? I, um, it's a very thoughtful film. Clark, thumbs up, down. I saw 60% of it. That's, I wasn't going to out you there, but... I out myself. That, that's it? I saw 60% of the movie. Well, did you like what you saw? Sure. Okay, good, <laughs> good enough for me. This concludes the TBR report. That's not exactly fair for me to, to weigh in, uh, but yeah, no, what I saw, uh, good stuff. I agree with you with the, the found footage stuff. Um, the way that they implemented that into the story and, you know, actually through the game. Yeah. Um, was good. And also the game looked good. Yeah. I don't want to provide it. Did you see there was, so there's a video that features, um, some daddy long legs. Did you see that one? No, dude. I don't know why. I thought it was some of the most captivating video I've seen in a long time. It's a nighttime shot, and there are daddy long legs walking around, and it's in a directional light from the camera. I just thought it was completely compelling. Up and down. All right. Daddy long legs. <laughs> Randy, that's a spider. I believe it's also a Savdy Bros film title. Oh, my God. Haven't you seen it? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, of course he's seen it. There you go. Thanks for highbrowing my uh, TBR report. Also, how'd you feel about Thomas taking a shot at you, dude? That's fine. I have a small bladder. I have to go pee like 30 <laughs> minutes into recording. So do what our former guest did when he went on a five-hour long podcast and just pee in a bottle while you're recording. Who did that? Nah. Uh, our poltergeist guest, Zach's buddy. I can't pull his name right now. Also, for the record, I oh, didn't go to right. the bathroom yeah. this week. Yeah, I, you didn't leave this time. You set up this whole bit, and then you you just don't do it. I, don't, thanks, I, I was good this week. Sometimes you got to break the rules, baby. Randy, do you have the same type of oven and stove as we do? Uh, maybe it's electric. Mm. Oksana, doesn't it look very similar? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What's the brand? Is it a Whirlpool? Uh, I don't know. Actually, go check. Calvin, that was his name. <laughs> okay, be right back. Okay. Calvin McCarthy. I don't Calvin remember McCarthy. what brand ours is. It's a Whirlpool. Amityville Poltergeist. Thank you. I, sorry, I got a COVID brain fog. <laughs> Randy, it should be right there up top. <laughs> okay, we need a video component if you're going to make Randy hike across the damn room. I think it's a General Electric. Oh. Oh, the General. The General. 1-800. Dollar General. going to pay you a visit. <laughs> all right. Randy Michael, first of all, thank you for taking that uh, field trip to get information that no one cares about. I other, cared. Other than me. I'll pretend. Uh, Randy, you got some movies to talk about. Now, you got a couple of movies here. You know, you and your little fancy living over there in Atlanta. You know, you're, uh -huh. right now, you have the advantage over us in terms of the theater scene. Uh, Russell, I don't think there's any argument right now. Cause yeah. Randy's been getting the, the stuff early, you know? It's bullshit. He's going to be talking about two highly anticipated films. 
that he saw advanced screenings of. Because <laughs> he's a little fancy boy. Yeah, that's me. I am quite fancy. I uh, The first one I saw this past Monday night um, at a... I'm going to say quote unquote sold out screening at the plaza because they're still limiting the amount of people in the theater. Um, But it was officially sold out. Um, Yeah. I saw the new Sean Baker film, Red Rocket uh, starring Simon Rex as Mikey Saber. AKA. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Simon Rex. Oh, dirt nasty. Dirt nasty, dude. Yeah. I don't know that. Dude, Nick was a huge fan when he was on here. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I do remember that now. Fucking Randy. um, Yeah, Simon Rex is really good in this. But basically, uh, the movie starts with um, him on a bus coming from California going to Texas, um, where he used to live. And he has a estranged wife there named Lexi. And he comes into town. He's like kind of like physically actually like beat up. And uh, you could tell that he's running from something in uh, from from Los Angeles. Um, and then he comes in. Then you can tell that his relationship with his uh, wife is not great. But he kind of like cons himself and talks himself into staying uh, at the house that she lives in with um, her mother. Um, and then, yeah, from there, he's trying to get work and kind of like to be able to pay rent and uh, kind of help help them out. Um, yeah, I don't want to go into too much, but, um, it's really good. It's very funny at times. It's like also kind of icky at times. Uh, there's a uh, plot in the movie <laughs> that, that feels kind of gross. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, he's really good at finding good locations and people that feel very genuine that, um, haven't acted before. Um, I don't know if Simon Rex has been in Seth before, but I haven't really seen anybody else. Scary um, Movie 5. <laughs> is he? Tight. I think I went out on Scary Movie 2. Coward. But uh, yeah, it looks great. Uh, they projected it in 35mm, which was just cool to see. Um, yeah, it, was a, it, was, it wasn't as emotional as um, Florida Project. I think I like that one a little bit more, but this is also really good. Um, now, tonally, now look, we are all very big uh, Sean Baker fans and supporters um, in this room, and uh, we will continue to champion Sean Baker's as, as Sean Baker is um, truly one of uh, the greatest independent filmmakers that you know we have, and also as a as a big you know supporter of independent film. You know, same with you know sort of Jim Cummings, and you know we 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 need to support you know. Um, all these people, you know, playing with, you know, Chloe Zhao before she sold out <laughs> and made a Marvel movie that fucking no one cared about. But I'm glad Chloe, Chloe got a nice check and uh, I think uh, she'll go back to doing what she does best. Um, not, I get, I didn't see Eternal, so I, I should probably not <laughs> talk about that. Yeah. But anyway, um, so yeah, so uh, tonally, this one looked a little bit more, you know, comedic. And so yeah. I, I thought maybe, you know, a little bit more tangerine, uh, possibly. Yeah, definitely a little more tangerine. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny at times and, uh, yeah, he's really good. He has very good chemistry with, um, this female that he meets in a donut shop whose name I'm forgetting. 
Now, but, um, Terrell, uh, I showed him the trailer. He hadn't heard of the movie, mm-hmm. and he was very into it. But he saw that donut shop, and he's like, what the fuck? Do you have a donut fetish? What's going on here? Because of the pivotal location in Tangerine. So what's up, Brandon? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I did make that connection when I was watching it, but I forgot about, about it until now. I don't know. Donuts Donuts are good. It's a, uh, you know, good central, like, meeting spot. You could hang out. You can nurse some coffee for, like, an hour and just... You can yeah. also eat donuts. <laughs> yeah, Randy's not doing yeah. that. Also, uh, my uh, admitted man crush, JTT, mm-hmm. mentioned if you ever go to Crowley, where his new film takes place, they have, he said, bomb donuts. So go get some donuts there. Where's Crowley? Uh, new Orleans. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mister? Uh, I know. I, yeah. Thank you. It took me a minute. I was like, Mister? Oh. Crowley? What? You're slacking, dude. I know. I'm tired. Um, okay. Yeah. No. All right. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, I really want to watch this and, um, you know, uh, anything Sean Baker does, man, we're there. Sean butcher, Baker, candlestick maker. Randy movie number two. <laughs> Last night I went to a actual sold out screening of licorice pizza. I, uh, bought I, two let tickets. me just jump in there. I fucking hate that title. It I, honestly, every time I've heard one of you two talk about it, I've gotten more and more enraged. I hate it. I just want to <laughs> throw that out there for everybody. I don't care how prolific or I know y'all like worship him. You want to wax his car? F- licorice pizza. I goddamn licorice pizza massacre. I hate him. Uh, Randy, Randy, I, I got uh-huh. this one. I got this one. Um, first of all, Watch your tone. <laughs> Second of all, Licorice Pizza, the ready, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, I think that Licorice Pizza was a record store in the San Fernando Valley in the 1970s. That correct. PTA was a big you know, fan of and would hang out there all the time. And this film is a little bit more, um, I don't want to say, by autobiographical because it's actually someone else's story that he knows oh. <laughs> growing up in the valley but but paul thomas anderson is very tied to the san fernando valley and he, a lot of his films you know are are very much um you know boogie nights um is a yeah. big one no, heart eight um i think had some stuff in there but um you know the valley is obviously very close to him and has always talked about it a lot so i think that it's sort of a nostalgic piece uh, from that and he was just like I was just trying to think of what to name the movie and I liked that place and that was just uh, it fit. Licorice Pizza is a hipster tattoo <laughs> they get on their neck that was $10 on a like quirky weekend flash a, art that's what the an, fuck it is are, are, so are you saying you don't support small businesses? How <laughs> dare what, you because that's you know, what I also, Pizza is I also love record stores too but I also fucking hate the hipsters that make that their haunting ground so fuck licorice pizza there weren't hipsters in the 70s though. make it black licorice pizza I'm in gross first of all uh, it's <laughs> licorice pizza oh licorice my bad thank you alright Randy continue alright you got another movie Randy <laughs> <laughs> yep that's it on licorice pizza <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, uh, everything Clark just said, it is a very uh, nostalgic piece about um, the Valley in 1970s. Um, this movie uh, starring Alana Haim and Cooper um, Hoffman, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. They're both great. They, uh, you know, haven't acted before in anything, uh, I believe. Uh, you know, Alana Haim is from the band Haim, um, so not traditionally an actor, but she's really good. They're both really good in it they have um also great chemistry um yeah the movie it it 
it definitely has a plot, but it's kind of uh, takes place in like vignettes, sort of. Um, but yeah, basically, um, the two of them meet Cooper Hoffman and Alana Heim. Their characters meet. Uh, she's working for like this photography place, and they're at his high school doing like um, yearbook photos or something. And uh, they meet, and Cooper Hoffman's character is like flirting with her. And she's like, you're like 12. And he's like, I'm actually like 15 or whatever. But he's like a, he's a kid actor. So he's on TV. So she kind of like knows who he is. And he's uh, trying to flirt with her. And he, she's kind of uh, reluctant. But um, yeah, the movie uh, kind of follows their relationship and their friendship and kind of like the back and forth uh, between the two of them. And um, has a lot of other really great characters in it. Uh, Bradley Cooper's in it for a little bit. Uh, and he is insane in it. Um, Sean Penn plays kind of like a, he plays William Holden in it. Uh, the actor, um, Tom Waits is in it. Benny Safdie plays a uh, politician in it. Um, yeah, a lot of really great people. It's shot beautifully. Um, it's just a very, um, transporting movie. Um, yeah, if you're able to kind of get into it, like it's a, I don't know, two plus hours, but I didn't really feel the runtime at all i kind of just like it just kind of like washed over me now just like in for in for the ride is it top five pta for you i don't know maybe (laughs) i haven't thought about the rankings so you haven't uh you don't have do you have uh let's call it hungry boy feelings uh i do love phantom thread this is probably up there too yeah, I don't know, I know what you I'm mean gonna... by hungry boy feelings, but well, that's besides... what I'm saying. Because I, 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 Phantom Thread's like up there for the top for you, isn't it? Probably, yeah. It's also like one of his most different movies too. I feel, which I think was nice about Phantom Thread because okay. Licorice Pizza, as good as it is, it does feel kind of like a mix of um, Boogie Nights, Inherent Vice, and like Punch Drunk Love or something. It's like it's a so coming of age it. comedy. Um, but yeah, see, I do like that, but I, you know, man, the master did something to me. <laughs> yeah. Cause the first time I saw the master, I didn't know where I was for the last, the previous two and a half hours. And, uh, but the more I, I, I think I've seen the master three times now and I, I, I've grown to appreciate it more and more each time. And, uh, I don't know. I like that side. I like the more, and, uh, you know, obviously I think the, um, I appreciated the, there is a, let's be very clear. There will be blood is pulpy. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, and I love that of it as, as well. And don't get wrong. There's pulp in, uh, the master ain't pulp free, babe. Okay. All right. Let's just be very clear. There's some pulp in there too, but I don't know. There's there's just a certain um, edginess that I think I'm, I may be missing here with a little bit of uh, the licorice pizza. I, I want a little. Do you, want, you did you yeah. watch it? No, I'm just I'm just oh, okay. I know these are the feelings I'm, I'm yeah, having yeah. right now. Don't get me yeah, wrong. I get that. Um, I'm I'm definitely you know going to go see uh, Liquish Pizza. Yeah, very like I don't I don't know what it's actually rated i don't really like pay attention to ratings anymore now that now that it doesn't really matter but it does almost feel like a movie you could show teenagers which like i wouldn't really say for most of his movies 
Wait, you don't pay attention to ratings anymore. What do you mean? I don't know if you paid attention to ratings of films since you could watch rated R films in a movie theater by yourself. Oh, I thought you meant like four star, five star ratings. Oh, uh, no, no, no. I was yeah, just saying no, like wait, to Clark's what? point that it feels maybe a little less, I don't know, edgy. It's a, yeah, it feels like a movie you can show a, a teenager or something. But I mean, he was supposed to make Pinocchio. And if he made, That's if right. he made an R rated Pinocchio, let's Ooh. party. <laughs> you know? But we'll never have that sure. because, although they did remake Pinocchio and people liked it, and uh, they put Benini in there. I don't know. I should watch that Pinocchio. Hey, next me week, a Pinocchio. Hey, <laughs> All right, Randy. Anything else, Bab? I will just quickly mention, uh, but I won't go too far into it because I'm sure people have uh, much more smartly covered it before. But <laughs> I watched the uh, four-hour <laughs> uh, film by Sion Sono, Love Exposure, this morning. And uh, it's wild. It's good. What? <laughs> that, that's I don't know. Have you guys seen it? I know Clark movie. hasn't seen it. No, because you were like, this is highly controversial. So I want to know why is it controversial? We got, we got, you know. It's not really controversial. I was just playing off of a text that you sent. But basically, um, uh, it's a four-hour movie where a kid who has a Catholic priest father um, essentially bullies him into admitting oh. that he's sinning. Um, and because the kid is just boring and doesn't really like do anything, he starts lying, um, at confession, at admitting to sins that he didn't commit. So then he kind of has like a penchant for committing actual sins. And so he gets into, um, this underground world of upskirt photography. Oh, and, so um, it goes to Japan. I mean, it's a Japanese movie. Yeah, it takes place in oh, Japan. But yeah, see on Sono. Yeah, yeah. Wait, did you say blow him into confessing? I don't Bully. believe so. No, Bully. Bully. okay. I'm I, sorry. I, I thought, laughed. I thought he said boiled. I yeah, and then I thought he said bored, but I said blow him into confessing. I'm like, that's a hell of a, I don't know, manipulation. Yeah, tactic. four hour blowjob. <laughs> Whoa, dude. that's controversial. Yeah. But uh, also, yeah, I don't pronunciate very well sometimes, so that's probably the issue. No. But yeah, it's, a, it's an insane movie. If you've seen Cold Fish or any other Sion Sono films, uh, I would definitely recommend checking out Love Exposure. How did you watch it? I rented it on disc. Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, boo. Russell rip it and we'll watch it. Sean. All right. From All Videodrome. Right. Uh, enough plug in your Atlanta bullshit. We're over this fancy town you live in now, okay? Make us sound it's like good. we're in the dark ages over here. I know. I don't like you it. You guys got stuff there. Does uh, Alamo also have the video store? Yeah, they do. Video Vortex, a confusing yeah. title on a great series that they don't do anymore, at least out here. Alamo's dead. Too. Again, shout out to uh, Mike Keegan, who showed Black Magic in Theater 1 to eight people. Me and Oksana were two of them. That was one of my best memories ever at the Alamo. If you other six are listening right now, uh, hey, uh, what's up? I saw a lot of movies over the last three <laughs> weeks. I'm not going to talk about 99% of those. I will talk about one, maybe two. The number one movie that I will talk about right now is a movie from director Jane Campion. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a lot about Jane Campion because I don't. So I won't. What I do know is that she's a well-respected director, and that's cool. <laughs> this is The Power of the Dog. 
Um, this is uh, this was billed to me as a western with Benedict Cumberbatch, and nothing sounds more western than <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Wait, so the power of the dog is like a tenth horsepower, right? We're gonna get there. <laughs> Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. This is based on a novel by Thomas Savage and was um, adapted to the screen by Jane Campion. Uh, starring uh, the aforementioned Benedict Cumberbatch. We've also got Kirsten Dunst. We also have Kirsten Dunst, real-life husband, who plays her on-screen husband as Jesse Plemons and Cody Smith McPhee. Now, I will say, uh, this movie really caught me by surprise. Um, now, again, I, I had I had not heard anything about this movie until... I saw this movie everywhere. It just, I felt like I was living in the darkness and then <laughs> there was just, I was just surrounded by light and all that light was talking about the power of the dog because this is a big Netflix release oh, and okay. I have a jilted relationship with Netflix and um, mainly because Netflix confuses me with, with how, with their selection with their films because yeah. I feel like lately they've been going really hard on, um, you know, reality garbage mm -hmm. and foreign language. Oh, okay. And then they'll sprinkle some stuff in. And this is a sprinkle. But the power of the dog is a sprinkle. This is an art house sprinkle. That they'll, I mean, am I wrong here? Because, like, you know, um, you know, Charlie Kaufman, yeah. you know, that movie. And I love that movie, but my God, that should not have been a Netflix movie, right? So it's, I, I again, I am, you know, far too um, pedestrian in my, you know, intellectual prowess to try and figure out, you know, Netflix's algorithm and, and how they, you know, want to, you know, carry on their business. But I am thankful that, you know, I was able to watch this movie on Netflix. So there we go. Um, <laughs> this is a Western, but this is, you know, um, I don't know if a single gun was fired oh. in this Western. Randy, do you remember? I don't think so. One of my friends asked me that the other day. So I said, he's like, is it even a Western? I was like, it's a movie that takes place in the West. <laughs> Here's my thing. I love Westerns and it doesn't have to be a shoot 'em up. You know what I mean? I just, I like, yeah. like I, a lemonade Joe. Lemonade Joe's great. Yeah. By the way, there are guns in Lemonade Joe. Um, was Lemonade Joe Danish? Was that a so. Danish Western? I just remember it was a musical. It was great. Yeah. I, Lemonade, Lemonade Joe was a wonderful surprise. Thank you, Charlie, who brought that to our attention 14 years ago, it feels like. Uh, Power of the Dog, I think they shot in New Zealand. Beautiful country. And um, I don't know. I just I get lost in the landscape and the dialogue. Um, is all done very well. And essentially, you know, you've got Benedict Cumberbatch who plays, you know, um, he is Jesse Plemons' brother in this, and they are ranchers, and they run a very successful business. And Jesse Plemons kind of handles the business end, and, and Phil, Benedict uh, Cumberbatch's character, you know, he's the one getting his hands dirty. 
And uh, he's the one that everyone kind of answers to, and he runs the ship, basically, and people fear him. Um, well, they get into a town, and Phil starts to cause a ruckus with um, Kirsten Dunst's son, played by Cody Smith McPhee. And uh, he, he's the interesting looking yes, boy. Uh, okay. Very, very thin, um, great actor. And his physicality, because he is, he's always been. Um, petite and pale, <laughs> but boy, he he has never been more petite and more pale here. Um, oh, he was in the road and let me in. Oh yeah, no, he's yeah. he's all over the place. He was also in another great western, um, X Men Dark Phoenix with um, uh, Fastbender. Randy, what was the name of that one? Slow West. Yeah, he was in Slow West as well. I really like this kid. Uh, he's great. A kid. He's probably 37 years old. <laughs> um, so he plays a, um, he's got a lisp and it's, you know, and this is, you know, we're talking early 1900s. Mm-hmm. I believe, I think we're 1920 maybe, if memory serves. Um, and you know, obviously time is much different then and, and the treatment of, you know, homosexuals is a, is a completely different subject than what it is today. And Phil kind of gives him a hard time. And uh, as it turns out, uh, Jesse Plemons ends up marrying Kirsten Dunst. And then uh, the son is a bigger part of the picture. And uh, but as the story develops, they develop a kinship. Um and then we start to learn some more things about Phil's history. And uh, that's kind of where I'll leave it here. Um, this, this is a beautiful film. Um, you know, these are deep, deep characters that, um, you know, there's a lot of um, backstory here. And everything is just, you know, played beautifully. And um, I really, really enjoyed this. And, you know, frankly, it's a, it's an emotional thing. And, you know, yes, it, it is getting highly praised because this is, um, it's, it's a, uh, not quite broken back mountain <laughs> because there is, there it's is a humpback mountain, it is humpback mountain. That's good. <laughs> I thank you for that. Um, because there, hunchback mountain? Th- there is no, um, it shows no physicality here. It shows no acts of uh, sexual congress, and that is between man and a woman or a man on a man. But, um, you know, boy, do we certainly, um, that doesn't mean that it is not, you know, there's sexual tension all over the place and, you know, um, that sort of thing. But, um, again, uh, big, I, 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 I've been sleeping on Jane Campion for a while. I don't know. I just kind of, that's not really my scene, I guess. I certainly respect her. Uh, Randy, uh, have you ventured into, uh, Miss Campion's works? No, I pretty much know the same as you. I know that the piano is really good. I know um, the piano. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything she's done. I just know that she's well regarded by critics. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, honestly, that really wasn't the selling point with me. The selling point was, you know, Mr. British fancy pants in a Western. I'm like, okay, let's give it a shot. And, uh, I was really, really impressed. And I really liked, uh, the power of the dog. Very good. Uh, would you recommend it to like fans of Westerns though? It feels like it was a good drama, but 
Like, are there horses in here? Oh, we got horses. Are we doing like a one one town? Ta- Here's the thing. Here's town? the thing. The, the characters are so you would enjoy this movie. Yeah. You would get something out of this because um, there are no angels in this thing, and okay. everyone is deeply flawed. Okay, mm-hmm. and that all gets brought to the surface here, and just the performances and how rich the characters are. Um, you know, frankly, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, semi interested in, in reading the, the novelization of this story. <laughs> it has at least crossed my mind in that step one. Typically I don't reach step two, but you know, I'm working on that. Yeah. Uh, I would talk to my ther- therapist about it, but I canceled therapy. <laughs> so, um, yeah, power of the dog, highly recommend. Um, also briefly, 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 uh, want to mention that I also, uh, along with Randall, um, saw House of Gucci, and I wanted to say that when I saw House of Gucci, I was higher than an eagle's pecker, and I had a great time. You're you're talking altitude. You're on the plane. I would have. I also get high on the plane too, but I would have loved to see it on the plane. Oh, you weren't on. Oh, okay, no, you were no, just no. doing drugs. Great. No, no, that that it would have taken two plane rides between San Francisco and Phoenix <laughs> to watch the entirety That's of House true. of Gucci because I think it's like two thirty, two forty. Every movie's two and a half hours now. These days, thirty-eight. And let me tell you something: it flies by because it's a mess. Because you were on a plane. It's fun though. I had fun. Lady Gaga, I'm pretty sure is doing a Russian accent. Oh no, and she's supposed to be Italian. Um. I really like her, though. The only thing I know about this movie is that Randy wouldn't stop texting us how hot Lady Gaga was. I That was me. That yeah, was Clark Randy. started it. Clark oh, started man. it. I ju- uh, the imp- the Lady Gaga is hot. She's hot in this. I'm a fan. Oh, is? We back in, we're back in the text thread. <laughs> you and in. Randy just like, oh, I think she's hotter. Think she's dudes hot. being dudes. <laughs> <laughs> um... I love how Jeremy Irons doesn't even try to do an Italian accent. He's just doing his Jeremy Irons thing. And uh, Pacino, oh, he's going for it. Adam Driver, Randy, I I think this is one of Adam Driver's best performances. I really, really? do. Uh, just the subtlety of everything. And just his introduction into the story where he's just yeah. wandering behind the bar. And he doesn't <laughs> know good. why yeah. he's there. It just set it up perfectly. And there are there are problems with this movie. I want to be very clear, but that scene was great. And there are, there are some really good things in this movie. There are some really terrible things. There was one part I had to stifle my laughter because no one else was laughing in the theater. <laughs> and this was this was a pretty full theater by the way. Mm-hmm. Smaller theater than the AMC. But it was let's call it 70% full. Um there's a part Russell, the, the, they get married, okay? And it is, it, I mean, it is like a three or four minute marriage scene where they're exchanging their vows and we do the whole thing. And in the back, in playing in the background is You Gotta Have Faith by George Michael. And it makes no goddamn <laughs> sense. It tonally, it is so fucking weird. Mm-hmm. And you get, you understand why, because they're just really hitting you on the head because of, you know, what's happening later on in the story. Of like, you gotta have faith. He's gotta have faith in her, even though she's the one who's gonna end up killing him. Read the headlines. I'm not spoiling anything. Fuck you. <laughs> he died 30 years ago. <laughs> So, 
Um, boy, that was terrible. And I am still adamant, and I will take this to my grave, that the wrong Scott brother died and that Tony should still be with us because I like Tony more. Ridley's just, he's a clown. I got to watch his uh, fantasy movie. I'm not going to watch that. I'm, I've been meaning to, dude, it's just been too busy. You oh, didn't oh. Uh, expand on any uh, Jared Leto thoughts. Thank you. Um, Jared Leto. Also, you guys had a text message thread where you're both talking about how hot he was. So I'm dying to hear yeah, that. Especially I, no, 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 in this let, movie. Let me explain something to you. I will be the first to talk about when a man is attractive. <laughs> so Jim Cummins only. Zero percent attracted to Jared Leto. Jared, uh, you look in his eyes, you know something's off. Yeah, Nightcrawler, okay. best movie ever. But that's not Jared Leto. Not just chilling, Hall. You <laughs> idiot. God, you're the worst. No, I'm Jill Jill Hall. Hall. You're on a movie I, show. I know. God, I'll explain when it's my turn. No, Jared, there is something upsetting and unsettling about Jared Leto, and it, but let me tell you, in this movie, he's absolutely one hundred percent bonkers. I mean, it is his his uh, accent is just like this. Oh. <laughs> uh, Papa, I am a Gucci. I am a Gucci daddy. Look at my designs. It's so beautiful. Mwah. I that's what he's doing for two hours and forty five minutes. It's wild. Don't make me watch this movie, Russell. If you watch it, <laughs> stop. You're yeah. Papa couple gummies and let's have a good time. Papa couple gummy. <laughs> Papa, we are Gucci. We take we take the marijuana orally. Man, I I had fun. (laughs) I just want to be on the record. All right. Is it my turn now? All right. Let me start off by saying that uh, when when Clark was gone, uh, I thought it would be fun. When Clark was gone. To continue. And I was like, it'll be easy. It ended up being a lot more work. Randy, cut that out. And then on top of that, uh, you know, we still have the film fest in the background and Oksana, you look like you're dying right now. I I apologize, Clark. Um, during your whole thing, I just could not stop yawning. It's not because of you. I think my I, my brain is shutting down. For the past three nights, I've been up to three in the morning. Uh, we had a white elephant party last night. I, we ended up dropping off our final guest and got home past three. Before that, we were at another hole in the head where we were doing karaoke from 7 p.m. to uh, routing two in the morning. Uh, Why? do you want to know how much money we spent? You at that are bar? 49 years old. We <laughs> ran up a bar tab of $300 and, uh, I haven't drank like that in a very long time. Incredible. It's so much fun. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I'm dying right now though. Like my body's shutting down. I'm, I'm losing vision. You got to take a liquid IV. Dude. So it's a good thing that I remembered to do the plugs, which I totally forgot to do earlier. Uh, <laughs> you know, right now, uh, Vanessa Morgan was so nice and had me and Oksana back to uh, write another essay for in Evil Seeds, the ultimate movie guide to villainous children. Again, Oksana wrote about uh, Sinister. Yeah. Okay. You wrote about Sinister. I have no idea what I wrote about. What did I write about? Uh, Brightburn. Brightburn. Love Brightburn. Thank you, Clark. I, again, I, I feel like a computer where Windows is shutting down to do an, a restart, and uh, I'm, I'm racing against it. Uh, our good friend, powerful director, soon to be a huge star, Robbie Smith, has an Indiegogo going. Get in there. Give him money. Uh, he needs it because he's going to be a fucking fantastic filmmaker with a large career. Also, he, he did merch a, for he us. He is a fantastic filmmaker. He is. And he and, will uh, have a large career. Thank you. Honestly, you should be doing these. 
Uh, but you've I don't gone, know why so. you're doing it before you're doing your movie. Uh, because I forgot to do it way earlier. We do it at the end. No, normally I've been doing it before Lynch. Yeah, we're not doing that. Daddy, I, I Daddy's stop. home now. Okay, you're back. Thank okay, you. and uh, again, I just want to mention Robbie did all the merch for us, the great Halloween stuff that is now gone. You missed it. Go ahead, kick yourself. Fucking wallow in misery. It's gone. And uh, as of this time, we're recording on Sunday. I have not pulled it down. If it's still up there, don't hold me to it. Again, I'm, I'm dying right now. But it should be gone. And that's your fault. Also, uh, up five. We still got submissions open. And um, this week, I'm going to talk about the uh, movie I talked about in the last uh, interview with um, our buddy Jorge and uh, Dane. We got a Bride of Shadow Zombie. We watched the world premiere at Another Hole in the Head. In the uh, hidden yet fantastic uh, new people cinema, and it's it's a great film. I highly recommend you go out and watch Shadow Zombie. Once, so I think another hole in the head is going to be like it's got one more day by the time this episode goes up. So if you want to jump online and watch it, you can. I'm not sure how much money that's going to cost you, but um, it's it's a beautiful indie horror film i i mean i started calling um jason banker and jorge torres torres work empathy horror and uh the first uh sentence in the synopsis that jorge wrote uh let me go ahead and read that right now it says fact and fiction intertwine in this empathy horror tale set deep in cajun country with a cast entirely composed of friends that grew up together in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Now, first off, thank you, Jorge, for uh taking that and Clark shit. Yeah, I just I just I feel the blood <laughs> rushing to your penis as you're talking. Uh that would be true if I weren't currently shutting down against my will. Um Bride of Shadow Zombie is fantastic. We have mixed media. There's a uh story, there's there's a deep drama here centered around Kim, who is the uh titular shadow zombie and uh he in the first one i remember i talked about it at length me and jasadi are big fans there's a digital ghost and uh, akin to uh, koji our favorite um found footage director this ghost kind of represents um depression and it will show up at the weirdest fucking times like he kim could be having a great interaction with this girl that he's currently dating and the, the phantom will appear and not only is it um it's very jarring to look at in this beautifully shot film, but it's also just, it's there and you know, it's a part of him. And in Bride of Shadow Zombie, the digital ghost isn't there anymore. Instead, we have actual home footage of uh, all the people in this film. And again, Bride of Shadow Zombie shot this year. He shot it earlier this year in 2021 and it's COVID town in new orleans and mardi gras is not happening so you have a character who's dealing with depression um something happened to his romance in at the end of shadow zombie that he's still dealing with and he's now haunted by a new form of ghost a new form of digital ghost which is home movies and memory and there are three different timelines enacted here while he's trying to rekindle a band with a long lost friend um when I first watched Bride of Shadow Zombie before we talked to Jorge and Dane, I was still kind of like struggling with it because the the visual palette is so different. Again, he he, intru- he introduces a drone, which I've never seen in any of his movies. And we get a David Simon kind of like the town is a character with uh, Crowley. And 
I was, I almost had like a malignant moment where I'm like, I don't know what to do here. The influences are so different. Like Harmony Korine never flew a drone. I didn't see that in Toad Road. And when I watched it again, in the theater, man, Ooh, it, it hit me. And I was there with friends. I wasn't about to be tearing up or anything. So I had to Randy up. I buried my emotion and uh, I went and drank and it was fantastic. I highly recommend this film. Again, Shadow Zombie, the first one, is available on Amazon Prime. It's $1.99 to rent, $4.99 to buy. Just buy it. And um, the new, if you're listening to this Tuesday, the day that this episode goes up, you have one more day until uh, Hole in the Head is done. And I, I'm, again, I don't know how much that would cost you, but uh, it's worth it. Support our boy. Um, Randy, you got to get into these films of uh, Jason and Jorge. I really think you'll like them. Clark, I don't know. I like Fat Tuesday. <laughs> oh, I forgot you watched that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Again, I, I love you to death. I'm so glad you're home. Randy, you're beautiful. I'm glad that you moved your camera into the kitchen so we could talk about your oven. Oksana, I <laughs> strongly like you and maybe we could hang out later. But I am shutting down. I, am so, I feel so rude for yawning this much and for doing the plugs. I will never do them again. They're yours, Clark. Thank you so much. Get some sleep. Uh, no, I'm ready to eat now. <laughs> well, I think we're going to order some Indian food, right? She's already got it pulled up. Okay, you know what? I upgraded. Yeah. I love you. I would hope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Get better. Get some rest. Randy. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>